0: Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 7 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, April 8, 2022. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. Sitka's COVID alert label, label, level rather, has been downgraded to low for the first time since the Centers for Disease Control issued new guidance that weighs a community's hospitalization rate more heavily than new cases, On Thursday, the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services reported 14 new cases in Sitka over the last week, a drop from the 17 cases reported the week before, just enough to shift Sitka's alert level from medium to low. While Sitka's weekly COVID numbers are still higher than they were before Omicron became the dominant variant in January, this week's report continues a downward trend in cases that began in mid-February. Both the Alaska Department of Health and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control have moved to once-a-week updates. New case counts, hospitalizations, and deaths will be reported on Thursdays. While cases are on the decline in Sitka, epidemiologists are watching the BA.2 variant closely to see whether it will cause a new spike in cases in the United States. The Omicron sub-variant has been has become dominant in the U.S. in recent weeks, and constitutes 45% of Alaska's new cases. State epidemiologists continue to say vaccination and boosters are the best line of defense against COVID. While 75% of Sitkins have received their initial vaccine series, only 43% of Sitkins have received a booster shot. A grant-funded program at Sitka High School is active again after a two-year setback during the pandemic. Students in career and technical education classes are getting hands-on experience working with equipment that could take their skills to the next level, literally, and launch them into jobs in an aerospace industry. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: High school shop class brings all sorts of images to mind. I'm sure many see it as the breakfast club for kids who don't quite fit in elsewhere, a mix of motorheads and woodworkers tearing apart rusty cars and nailing up backyard storage sheds. But it's long past time to drop that stereotype. Sitka High Career and Technical Education teacher Mike Vieira is operating a $30,000 plasma cutter, a tool that takes a pattern or a drawing, it can be anything you can create on a computer screen, and cuts it precisely into rolled steel or other metal. Vieira says CTE is not your grandfather's shop class.
2: Yeah, our goal with students is to produce students that are ready for high demand, highly skilled, and high-wage jobs. Um, and the way that the world is turning, I think we're turning away from, certainly there's gonna be large-scale manufacturing, but you know we're turning to these small shops that are gonna be able to output single-use uh, items. So one-offs of this and one-off of that. And in order to do that, you've gotta be able to interact with CAD you got to be able to take your CAD file and output it to a device and tell it how to run its toolpath and uh, from that then it's just limited to your imagination.
1: Titka's CTE program won a $10,000 grant from BP in 2018 to support the purchase of this cutter which moves an 85-amp plasma torch that resembles an arc welder over a broad, waist-high table. There's a piece of steel on the table now with a couple of dozen shapes cut out of it, a cookie-cutter collection of salmon, sports logos, and house numbers, all designed by students.
2: It's a lot of fun. You get to learn how to compute a program and through CAD. It's really cool, actually.
1: Senior Nick Calhoun shows me a bear's head rendered in traditional Northwest Coast formline design from a pattern drawn by Sitka artist Charlie Skultka, Jr., it's about two feet wide, painted tan, and mounted on a backing plate that will become part of a new sign outside of Sitka's elementary school. It's only his third or fourth project on the plasma cutter, and it looks like it could have come out of a professional shop.
2: This one right here, for Baranoff, it took me about class and a half, so it's fairly quick.
1: The beauty of the plasma cutter is contained in this piece of work. The school district would never commission a custom sign like this, it's simply too expensive and time-consuming to craft by hand. The plasma cutter brings the efficiency of a manufactured process to producing something very unique, and this is an extraordinary way to approach new designs, just like high-end manufacturers like Boeing are doing right now.
2: We're fortunate uh, to be one of 40 Boeing partner schools, and we have a, uh, a curriculum called Core Plus Manufacturing, which is an aerospace and advanced manufacturing focused curriculum that was developed in part by Boeing and some of their uh, major vendors that worked along with them, and uh, students uh, earn an industry-recognized certificate at the end of my class, and if they have that certificate, Boeing has said, we guarantee you get an interview.
1: Matt Johnson is a teacher at Snohomish High School and the 2018 CTE Teacher of the Year in Washington State. Mike Vieira met Johnson through social media, applied for funding from New Visions, A program of the Alaska State Council on the Arts and the National Endowment for the Arts, and offered him an invitation to Sitka for three days this spring to train Sitka's CTE faculty on the cutter and to work with students who see shop class now with different eyes.
2: So in my school, that uh, that plasma cutter—it's the workhorse. It's the kids. It's almost an instant gratification machine where they can take an idea put it on to a computer screen, and, and only minutes later have something that they can then be able to grind and work with and apply color and, and have something tangible. So it's a great way to, to step into kind of a low-risk way of making things that's, that's really precise, uh, and then we can build from there because I teach aerospace skills and, and where do we go from there. So that's Plasma Cutter for, uh, for my school is where we are able to like hook the kids into Uh, These projects. I was working on a uh, yeah inlay wood project on the CNC router and everything, and now I'm going to move on to this plasma cutter. But I've already cut two projects projects on the plasma cutter.
1: Tyler Barton is also a senior. He transitioned from wood to metal when the cutter arrived, but he's not planning to use the skills professionally. He's headed to college, and the cutter helps him see what's possible.
2: I took this class because I want to be an engineer, and I thought this would be, like, you know, an interesting class, seeing a lot of computer stuff, and, I mean, I could definitely do this as a hobby. I would love to do this as a hobby.
1: And my editorial observation on that remark is, Wilbur and Orville Wright were bike mechanics whose hobby was airplanes. Before I leave the CTE building, teacher Mike Vieira tells me that working with Matt Johnson has been one of his best days teaching a chance for his students to see that learning never stops.
2: I just kind of handed my classes off to him, and I kind of am just a student alongside my students, which I think is is fun for me and fun for my students to see me in that role.
1: Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: Petersburg's assembly is formally opposing legislation that would repeal the independent monitoring of wastewater from large cruise ships. Earlier this week, Petersburg passed resolutions in support of the state's ocean rangers and in opposition to bills that would end the voter-approved program. KFSK's Joe Vicknicki reports.
3: Bills in the state legislature would repeal the Ocean Rangers, independent observers riding on board large cruise ships. The program was approved by voters in 2006, but Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy has vetoed money for it and requested the change in state law. Assemblymember Jeff Mucci supported Petersburg's resolution in favor of funding for the program. While it might be an inconvenience for the big cruise ships, um, it's a vital tool for um, the waters of the southeast where... A lot of our community members, small business owners, spend a lot of time on the water um, fishing and um, showing people what's cool about southeast Alaska. The proposed bills would eliminate a citizen's right to sue companies for illegal dumping. They would allow for inspection of ships by state regulators but rely on the companies to monitor their own discharges. The bills would create an environmental compliance fee for companies, and those could be reduced for ships that have installed an electronic monitoring system. Petersburg's resolution highlights the importance of southeast Alaska's water quality, commercial harvest of seafood, and notes the increase in cruise ship traffic in the region. It says the proposed bills will not improve compliance with environmental regulations for discharges. Vice Mayor Jay Stanton-Gregor said the Ocean Rangers program worked and he did not think the state's Department of Environmental Conservation had a good history of policing the industry.
0: House Bill 303 and Senate Bill 180, I think, further eviscerate uh, the ability for DEC to get involved, even if they were so inclined. Um, I hope many communities uh, attempt to pass resolutions such as this so we can send a strong message to our governor that the Ocean Ranger program and protecting our southeast Alaska waters is vitally important.
3: The onboard independent monitors approved by voters in 2006 are for ships with over 250 passengers. Most visiting Petersburg are smaller than that. However, discharges by those smaller boats have also upset local officials and fishermen. And commercial fishermen have complained about permitted discharges they have observed from larger vessels around the inside passage during the cruise season. The vote was unanimous to approve the resolution. Other communities have passed similar statements, and it's not the first legislature to review Dunlavy's proposed change to state law. This year's legislation has had a couple of hearings. Randy Bates, director of the DEC's Division of Water, told the Senate Resources Committee in February that onboard observers are not the best use of money. He said the program, funded by fees charged to cruise companies, cost around $3.5 million a year over 12 years. We feel at this point that the Ocean Rangers served a purpose. There were no gaps in our enforcement or our coverage that they provided. And we felt that at this point it was better that we move on from Ocean Rangers. We have a clear a uh, robust, rigorous program in place with our inspectors and our marine engineers. And we think that that is the most effective uh, way to continue to manage the industry.
0: And that's all for Raven News for this hour. You can hear our stories again on our website at kcaw.org. This is Morning Edition on Raven Radio, KCAW.